0: Hello everyone, my name is Jordan and welcome back to the Fandom Optimists. This is the show where we love stories and we love when they bring us together. This week in fandom, we're a little bit late covering Loki between the the actor strikes that were going on ending and then me being busy and trying to catch up on some other episodes. But now we're here. I've got both Sim and Zach here. Always great to have both of you on. How are you doing today? Oh, we are doing good. good. (laughs) Great to be back. yeah, it's 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 always fun to have both of you on. Uh, I think the last time, oh man, when was the last time we did? Was it Spider Man? might have been Spider Man. It might have been that you had both of us on. Yeah, it's been a, a long
1: time. Back. Yeah,
0: yeah. You you <laughs> had feel, us both separately, but it's it's yeah. been a minute since we've I both feel, been here. I feel Loki deserves it. <laughs> Look, oh, oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. Um, I guess, well, it's it's far enough back that I don't think we need to worry about spoilers other than just to say very briefly, it's great. Please watch it. Um, and, you know, it, if you haven't watched it by now, but you're listening to this, I'm going to assume you don't care <laughs> about the spoilers of it. But uh, it's great, and it deserves to be watched. So let's just jump into our thoughts on Loki. Let me think. Okay, so <laughs> we... We picked this one up right after season one ended with a mind-bending, weird ending, new TVA timeline thing going on, and uh, Loki is time-slipping, which I absolutely love the effect of. This is brilliant. I
1: loved that. So I'm gonna jump right in because yeah, yeah. this is who I am. So when we left off season one, I think everyone assumed that killing he who remains created alternate timelines, but that's what we saw. We saw the branches, we saw the TVA freaking out over it, and yeah. we saw it to the point where it slipped past that safety threshold. So when we see Mobius and Loki interact in the end of season one, where Mobius has no idea who Loki is, mm-hmm. and Loki sees the statues of He Who Remains, I think everyone was on the same page where we just assumed that an alternate timeline existed, where He Who Remains just became the overlord.
0: Yeah, I, that's definitely what I assumed. I thought it was a new TVA mm-hmm. that Kang had made.
1: So I really liked the first episode where it very much makes, like, good of the fact that, no, this is the past. Loki went into the past, now he's in, then he moves into the present, and then he moves into the future, and he's slipping Mm -hmm. in between, and he has no idea how to control it. I loved that.
0: It's so fun, and (laughs) Mobius,
1: man, like, just
0: i'm he he was my my favorite part of season one was the dynamic between loki and mobius and it was more
1: casual
0: yeah anytime they're talking is like my favorite stuff uh especially when mobius like loki asks how did that look how did the time slipping look it's fine it's fine it's it's not really bad (laughs) and and then later he's like I lied before. It's terrible. I can't bear to look it's at it. Terrifying. It looks like
1: you're, it it looks looks like you're so dying bad. and
0: being born at the same time. It's just awful.
1: <laughs> no, we've got a really good relationship between them. And I think it's because present Mobius and Loki have so much of that history now. Like yeah. They're not just two people working together towards this broader TVA goal. They're mm-hmm. literally trying to save time.
0: Yeah, and I still ship it. Uh... A hundred percent. It's oh man, there's just uh, there's so much in this show. I'm like trying to gather some thoughts here. So in episode one, we immediately meet Ouroboros pretty 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 quickly, and. He is now one of my all-time favorite Marvel characters.
1: I was gonna say he is probably <laughs> my favorite character in this series. Just I think he definitely wins
0: this series. He's he's like top ten MCU by this point.
1: Um, I love so him, great.
0: and all in what six episodes? That it's incredible. But yeah. yet you're completely right. He steals the show. Yeah, and I absolutely love when they're kind of they're kind of pit- poking fun at the. Uh, sort of doctor who weird logic of what's going on but with him just being so earnest about it like when uh he's talking to mobius he's like yeah your friend loki he was here like 400 years ago and and (laughs) i and he asked me about time slipping and i told him that that's impossible because there's no other time time in the tva like time doesn't pass and then mobius is wait is he talking to you in the past now, and you're just now remembering it? And then it, it I cracked loved me up that so much. OB, the creativity response, on this. response being that makes perfect sense. There's no flaw in that logic. <laughs> just doesn't I, question it.
1: It's it's so amazing how everything <laughs> that these creators and writers are doing with it, they are quite literally defining how time works in Marvel. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Doctor Who is one of my favorite shows ever. And this is Marvel meets Doctor Who. And I love it so much.
1: <laughs> it's it's so good. I think Ouroboros' character was so well done, especially, like you said, explaining the time slipping. Like, in the past, he has 400 years now to create this magical instrument that will you know help loki kind of mm-hmm. find himself back into the present and he's making it while like loki is helping him in the past and then moving into the present moving into the future um i did want to touch on one thing in the future yeah, yeah. at the i think it was the end of episode one because i had this is my only gripe about the whole season Ooh, at the end of episode one we see uh, sylvie like in a destroyed tva and yes. she's opening an elevator and she looks at loki and she's like there you are i've been like waiting for you and loki has no idea what the f is happening here and he switched back into the present and so his mind is all like i need to find sylvie because either she's going to save the tva or she's going to be the reason it's destroyed yeah i think between season one and season two there was a bit of a gap in understanding what was happening so at the end of the not sorry season one season two episode one episode two mm-hmm. in the end of the first episode in that mid credit scene you see sylvie in the mcdonald's restaurant and she's just like "Oh, like here she is like this is what she's yes. doing and yeah, yeah. then they're off to find her but between those two episodes you just have now loki and mobius and b-15 are trying to like they're in London, they're capturing Brad and, like, yeah that's a good the point. the sacred timeline. I think there was just a little bit of a gap of what happened.
0: Yeah, it did feel a little bit like, oh, did I miss? Sorry, was there it, an episode in the right. between here? No, it very much <laughs> felt like that. I, I felt the exact same way. Now, I'm going to give it a pass because it, it wrapped it all up in the end, and yeah. I don't want to say I, I had my doubts, but I definitely felt very confused in in that moment between episodes one and two, Sim. I think when we were watching it, we had to double check to make sure we didn't skip an episode or <laughs> you know miss anything.
1: And we ended <laughs> up coming with a theory, which obviously has been very much disproven Ooh. right now. But for ah. us, we came with this really weird theory. We thought that the episodes were purposefully out of order.
0: Oh, that would have been non chronological. So oh, yeah. it, it would have been I, I a lot of fun. Obviously, that's not what happened, but in that moment, that's how we made sense of what we just saw. Our logic was... That feels like, like a really... Uh, flub, uh, a real flub in writing if the audience is reaching for oh, the episodes must be releasing out of order. <laughs> That's the only way it makes sense, right? Yeah, I just, just wish there was a bit
1: of an explanation.
0: We had already established that, you know, Loki is slipping through time and that kind of the theme of this season was going to be more about traveling through time rather yeah. than, you know, just existing outside of time, so it it was a fun theory while it lasted. Yeah, but that's true. Hmm. While it lasted, <laughs> I I can't tell you. I was watching with Miranda, and I can't begin to tell you how loud I yelled when Ob showed up in the second episode because Kihoi Kwan is so cool that I figured, especially with uh, everything everywhere all at once, and him being like a big buzzword name right now um that they'd only be able to get him for one episode and i was like mm-hmm. oh okay that was awesome i'm so happy they got him in here for that one episode and then he was in the second episode and i started freaking out
1: <laughs> speaking of guest appearances i think kind of segueing into the third episode let's just go chronologically while we're while we're here mm-hmm. And this is where we get into the Ant-Man stuff. So obligatory, if you haven't seen Ant-Man or the new Ant-Man, do not listen to these next few minutes of blurbs because this is going to tie into Skip forward two-ish minutes. (laughs) So we didn't see Ant-Man first. We saw Loki first. And so episode three takes place in 19, I don't even know what year, 18-something, 18-something Chicago. Yes. we, We see Timely. He who remains variant. You yeah. see Miss Minutes and Renslayer con- concocting some plan to talk to him. We see Loki and Mobius concocting some plan to talk to him. And, like, Loki has this fear in his eyes. He's all like, that's him. And Mobius is like, that guy, that nerd over there? Like, what do you mean? And Loki's like, he is so much more dangerous than you ever can anticipate. And that is the end scene, the, like, post-credit scene of Ant-Man. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was the post-credit for Ant-Man. I was so happy when I started hearing that dialogue, and I was like, "Oh, it's the, oh, this is this, this is it. it. Here it is, yeah."
1: So I think <laughs> we switched the order of that, but like it made so much more sense. We were watching it with my family, and my family hasn't seen Loki. So when they saw that end credit scene, my dad, was oh, they're getting like, excited to see Loki. Loki? <laughs> yeah, like, why is why is Owens in there? Why is Owen Wilson in there?
0: Oh, <laughs> they like, haven't seen, have seen season
1: one, Yeah, no, they haven't seen season oh, one. Oh, like, okay, yeah, this yeah that was really need to watch
0: confusing. It. If you've like not watched any of the Disney Plus stuff, and this is kind of a like, it is the fandom optimist, so I'm trying not to get too mean to Marvel, but it's worth mentioning that it's like eh, you're starting to lose the people who aren't keeping up with your Disney Plus shows. Who are religiously exactly watching every piece of content? Yeah, it, it's a lot that, to keep that's up exactly with. Because I didn't even think of that until just now. That if you haven't been keeping up with Disney Plus, you're like, fuck, Owen Wilson is it, what 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 since when is he in marvel why Why is loki and owen wilson in like an old timey
1: fair like world's fair
0: why is kang there too
1: like (laughs) why is he different everything then it makes so much sense like for us we like i was like hitting him on the side of the couch i'm like oh my god oh my god yeah
0: we were freaking out seeing that like
1: (laughs) oh and my dad looked at us like we were having an aneurysm
0: (laughs) Like why are you freaking out so much about this? What's happening? That's so that
1: that can I mean I think it also it simultaneously hurts the audience and helps it because now my dad and my family have a reason to watch Loki. So that's it's true. bringing that audience into it, but it still confuses them at the end of the movie. So there's a delicate balance. I think in this case, it did work out a little bit because now you're meshing the two together. Like we were always going to watch him and the people who watch the TV shows are always going to watch the movies. That's true. We just happen to be that's very not. bad about it. Like we're yeah, bad Marvel yeah. fans. You're a little behind, but yeah. <laughs> but the people who watch the movies might not necessarily watch the TV shows. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the so to grab their attention. I know so many people.
0: I know so many people. I I there are at least 3 co-workers who refer to me as their Marvel information guy because they watch the movies and they're like, "All right, which shows, which shows are going to be in this one?" <laughs> like, "Which shows do I need to know about? What's I'm the required gonna viewing? Them. I'm not going to watch them, but please tell me what I need to know before I watch this movie." <laughs>
1: That's how it feels these days. Because we still haven't seen a couple of TV shows. We still haven't seen Falcon Winter Soldier. We never seen wow. Hawkeye. We haven't seen Miss Marvel. So that's why oh, we're like kind of hesitant yeah. going into okay. the Marvels.
0: Yeah, that's true. See, the Marvels, I think the Marvels scared a lot, of, based on the box office, I think Marvels scared a lot of people away on the premise of. You need WandaVision and Miss Marvel and Secret Invasion, and then you can watch the Marvels. And it's like, no, that's Oh, yeah, Secret
1: Invasion. It's not. It's not quite
0: true. It's like, yeah, don't bother with Secret Invasion. It's not, nothing in there is mentioned here. It's not really important. And then it's like, Miss Marvel is like, yeah, you benefit because you care about Miss Marvel (laughs) And, and you know her. Uh, and they explain what you need to know about Monica's backstory from One Division in the movies. It's like if you mm-hmm. haven't watched One Division, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, they're starting to scare away people with these with these uh, relying on the shows to to understand movies a little bit.
1: Speaking of scaring away people, can we talk about how absolutely unhinged Miss Minutes was in this season? Oh God, Jeez. she's she is frightening,
0: <laughs> taking it to oh, a next level. Like she was already freaky in season yeah. one. She was a little but, unsettling. But now she's scary. I, I was just imagining, like, say you're a person in 19th century Chicago, mm-hmm. and you just see this giant apparition the size of a <laughs> Ferris wheel, of a clock marching Kaiju towards you. clock. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what would your react? You would think it's the rapture, you know? Yeah. You would think... <laughs> You're damned and being condemned to hell. Like just <laughs> on, that that image. On sort and of that shoot. note, I, I kind of yeah. I, I really love the moment shortly before that when Loki and Owen Wilson are I keep calling Owen Wilson instead of Mobius. <laughs> <laughs> That's serious He's Owen Wilson. <laughs> when Loki Tom and Owen. <laughs> when Loki and Mobius are walking around and they're like, well, we're just doing good old-fashioned legwork, and they're like, well, we just got to keep our ears open for some kind of clue, and then immediately someone says, Ghost Clock continues to haunt (laughs) Chicago, and it's like a a newspaper about it. (laughs) It was was really funny.
1: (laughs) I I loved the humor in this season. The first Mm -hmm. season was already very funny. This Mm -hmm. one had the perfect balance of, you know, a serious topic of everyone trying to save the end of the time itself, and oh, let's go stop for a churro. This is important. This is investigative work.
0: Like uh, Mobius and Loki arguing over whether being ripped out of time is worse or losing all of your skin is worse.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: They're arguing with each other over which fate is worse.
1: So that segues between the Chicago episode and the next episode when Rens, Ravona Renslayer, that's her name, mm-hmm. yeah, Ravona Renslayer, when she and Miss Minutes go to the end of time when they have already killed him, when Sylvie and Loki already killed He Who Remains. Yeah. And Miss Minutes, I was all like, oh my god, I think that was sent chills down my back when she said, I have something I have to tell you, but I don't think you're gonna like what I have to say. That yeah. sent absolute chills her, down my back. Her
0: delivery of it was
1: terrifying.
0: We're, oh, what, what was the exact quote? She's like, I know lots of secrets and then she's like, I also know one about you. And, yes. then, and then she's mm-hmm. like, What is it? And she's you're like, not gonna Well, I it. could tell you, but it's going to make you really angry. Oh <laughs> it's God. like, Oh
1: my God. I think we found, I think Miss Minutes is more terrifying than He Who Remains. To be oh, yeah. Oh, because yeah. she's like this artificial intelligence. She has her own sentient. That's why she was able to very, very creepily profess his her love for yeah um, i was gonna say
0: can't Mm. forget the whole crazy possessive girlfriend act that she pulled
1: yep i think that's what makes her scary (laughs)
0: oh yeah oh definitely yeah when when she starts like talking about i could be your girl and like you never gave me a real body and then she starts like running at um timely (laughs) i was like oh this is scary R.I.P. Ultron you would have loved Miss Minutes (laughs) 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 yeah she is the superior scary AI in this universe I believe so oh gosh they did so good with all of that and then we've got um, I feel like Sylvie kind of didn't get a whole lot to do other than she wants to keep killing like TVA people (laughs) that's that's her whole thing
1: like even when they're in the TVA and Timely and uh, Ouroboros are working on the throughput multiplier and like s- s- they're trying to stop Renslayer and Miss Minutes from destroying the TVA from the inside out and there's the mm-hmm. Hunter and all that stuff. All she wants to do is kill Timely. I felt like I felt like it was a demoralization of her character in yeah. the first season she had purpose she had a reason she wanted to live this second season it really demoted her to a character whose only goal is to kill this person yeah the sucked. one
0: the one real writing flub that i had a problem with in in this whole season was when uh they're at the bar sylvia and loki are at the bar talking about loki's goal to fix the TVA and to preserve it. And she's like, but it, but you free will and everything. And she's like, why do you really want to do this? And she kind of points out to him that he's doing it for selfish reasons because he wants his friends back. And it's a very good scene on first watch um, because Tom Hiddleston's performance is so fucking cool. When he finally says, I want my friends back. And he's like getting a little bit emotional and I'm like, I never, I've never seen Loki like this. This is cool. But then you're, like, thinking about it more, and it's like Sylvie's kind of a little bit smug about, see, you're doing this for selfish reasons, too. And it's like, yeah, but time is about to be obliterated. <laughs> right. Like, if we it's don't like, do yes. this, there's nothing. There's no anything. <laughs> it's like, and... yes, he wants his friends back, but your world's going to die, too, if you don't help. <laughs> yeah. I I think it was a little bit of a disservice to her character. Yeah. Like her continued reluctance to see the bigger picture of what's at stake. And Mm -hmm. to her credit, eventually she does come around to it. But, you know, not until she literally starts seeing her world, her timeline crumble and, and turn to spaghetti around her. Oh, the effects on that. Holy shit which yeah and I, I was thinking because we also uh rewatched endgame with sim's family the other mm-hmm. day well and... that's a great holiday movie <laughs> it really is it's, it's, that's it's a great be, anytime that's my movie that's a new holiday tradition i have to watch that movie annually <laughs> at least but it got me thinking like between the the effects of thanos dusting everyone mm-hmm. versus you know the entire universe around you being ripped to spaghetti. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the latter, what we saw in Loki, is definitely the more terrifying. Oh yeah, you it's, know, experience Loki. It's, spooky. it's yeah. really unsettling. And wow. you know, props props to the writers and the producers for coming up with that because you know they they were sitting around thinking, brainstorming like okay, how are we going to convey this? How is it going to look to the audience? Like, we already did the the dust. We can't reuse that one. How about spaghetti? Yeah. Cursed spaghetti. They did really good with um, building up to what seemed like a pretty normal progression of the story throughout the first four episodes. And then it's like, okay, we're going to fix the loom and we're gonna increase the throughput and we Mm -hmm. send timely out there and he just dies Yeah, i
1: think that was an impactful (laughs) moment though because at the end of the day no matter what they tried it wasn't
0: gonna work it was so cool and so shocking and i remember just sitting there like it what what Did, did did everyone die Like, what just happened? Is this it? Is this the end? Did the MCU just disappear? (laughs) And it turns out, no, it was just the the TVA and all of the unnecessary timelines from He Who Remains' perspective are what disappeared. But I really loved the way that that leads into Episodes 5 and 6. Episodes 5 and 6 collectively are now some of my favorite storytelling in the entire MCU
1: oh absolutely i think both of those uh, we watched those episodes back to back so they kind of are melding they're (laughs) melding together in my brain but watching them like just straight up two hours of that it felt like a movie and it was so incredibly well done we didn't want to stop watching no
0: it was it was like one in the morning when we finished episode five we were both like (laughs) about to pass out and i just looked over at her and i was like we can't stop now. We <laughs> have to. Yeah. We have to finish this.
1: It was so worth it. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> we've all been I, there. Ob, the alternate Ob from Pasadena, in episode five, cracks me up so much that he's a sci-fi writer, and he's like putting his books on the shelf of just some bookstore hoping that someone will notice them and buy them. <laughs> and then he goes in to buy them himself to talk up how great the author is. Like, oh yeah, I buy everything that he writes. Mm. <laughs> it's so cute. Like he's just, he's just so endearing. And I think it's partly because he still sounds like with the same inflections and the same um, energy like he did in Indiana Jones 2. It's <laughs> short <laughs> round. And so I keep hearing that sort of boyish charm to everything he says. <laughs> and he's, I just find him endlessly endearing. I love that guy. But I really love when he's talking to Loki and Loki has apparently explained everything to him. And he's like, well, I need to go back to that moment. And uh, Obi says, well, you can't, it's impossible. But don't let that stop you and and he says you said you were time slipping in a place that has no time that's impossible so going back to a point in time that doesn't exist is also impossible and therefore might be something you're able to do <laughs> yeah, like he just he sees no flaws in the logic and i love that exactly like obi in the tva yeah it's like well this is impossible but you did it so clearly it's not impossible He also had my favorite line delivery like minutes later when he comes through the portal having built a temp pad. And he's like, how'd you build that so fast? And he says, well, I don't know if I'd call 18 months fast. Technically 19 months. I had to take a break when I lost my job and my wife left me.
1: (laughs) Just so casual about it.
0: Completely nonchalant about it. (laughs) Like, he, this weird guy (laughs) appears on his doorstep, explains things about time that should be impossible, mm-hmm. dips. And then for almost two years, he's still committed to building this, working on this. Uh, uh, he's so fun. I love him.
1: I, I think I loved like, bringing all of that together. I loved that mm-hmm. we got to see what each of these characters, their lives were on the timeline. Mm-hmm. Casey, yeah. the most rule following by the book yes. person yes. Casey is escaping Alcatraz.
0: I also really, I clocked it immediately and I was so happy they did it. It felt very much like in season one when they revealed that D.B. Cooper was Loki because they, they showed like the prison bars and like the fake body and the guy under the bed and then he goes into a hole in the wall and I was like, are they doing the Alcatraz escape? <laughs> and we mm-hmm. like cut to them coming out and they get a raft that looks like it's made of raincoats and I was like, Shaking Miranda, I was like, "They're doing the Alcatraz. They're doing it. That's real." <laughs> I was really excited about it.
1: <laughs> no, it was so well done, and Loki's just like Casey, and he's like, "I thought you and said Because it it
0: it's, <laughs> it's a similarly uh, uh, mysterious circumstance to the to the D.B. Cooper thing, where it's like, "Yeah, we never found those guys. They escaped from Alcatraz. Three men escaped from Alcatraz in the sixties and vanished." No one ever found them. We don't know if they survived, and so I I love that they played into the weird mystery of the Alcatraz escape yeah. by making it that one of them was abducted by Loki into the TVA. Because <laughs> you just, know, why makes perfect not? Perfect
1: sense. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> no, getting getting to see everyone's lives on the timeline was was fantastic. Yeah, and
1: we finally understood the jet skis. The jet oh skis. my gosh. I. Kn- Everyone had a feeling that, like Mobius, like a real, like t- sacred timeline, like person, was mm-hmm. like had something to do with jet skis. It had to. I wasn't expecting him to be like a single dad with two teenage kids selling jet skis to make a living.
0: Mm-hmm. Selling jet skis in Ohio, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part oh, to me. I
1: forgot it was Ohio.
0: Yeah, it was Ohio. He wasn't in California or Florida. Nope. Ohio. <laughs> oh my God. And, I'll, and he's got two in the garage, which I, I love that he's like, well, my wife's long gone. So here's, a, do, you wanna <laughs> do you want to buy her a this? A true game? salesman at heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I also that... love that. What gets him to come with him is he's like, no, I belong here. I can't, I can't go with you. And then he pauses and he goes, what was that name? You called me again. He says, Mobius. He goes, That's a pretty cool name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was really cool seeing all of them come together. And like, it goes back to the daunting thing. Like, at the end of the day, they all turned into spaghetti. Loki was not fast enough. He did not get them together quick enough. And time just destroyed itself.
0: Yeah. That was awesome. And then I love that he, he finally controls the time slipping. He slips back to moments before time was obliterated, which is a sentence that makes no sense. And OB loves it. And I, oh, I also love that when OB's whole thing, uh, I found very moving in a certain way when he was saying science is all what and how, but with fiction, it's why. And I really, I really loved that. And then, he re- then when he's being erased from time, he goes, it was a fiction problem and so Loki mm-hmm. figures out that the why is his friends and that he mm-hmm. and that he needs to be with his friends. And he needs to think about his friends to find them in time. A time that no longer exists, which is impossible. And I love this show so much.
1: <laughs> I loved going I, so now this is where my time is getting messed up because I don't remember what's in each episode. But so I'm pretty this, sure after that he goes like to the beginning where Mobius has him in chains in the room.
0: So so right here is where he, he like learns how to time slip right at the end of episode five. And then the final shot of episode five is he goes back to episode four right before Timely died. Okay. And, and then we cut to credits and then we start episode six with him endlessly trying to figure out how to keep Timely alive and fix the loom. Which is now one of my favorite montages in film or TV history. Him just endlessly repeating it. And Timely dying over and over again. And he's like, okay, not faster, earlier. So he goes back earlier and tries to get Miss Minutes to help. And she just looks at him funny. He's like, okay, I can't get Miss Minutes to help. So he goes back. He keeps doing different things to try to figure it out. And then my favorite was when they keep repeating the scene of Timely meeting the rest of everyone. And then figuring out what's wrong. And he goes back to that. And he already knows where everything is. He's like, here's a model that OB made. OB, I know you think it's not very good, but it's very good. Don't worry about it. And he's <laughs> like, we need we need Timely. I know this miniature thing looks like Mobius. It's not Mobius, it's Timely. Timely needs to go down the like. The timely, don't worry, you're going to volunteer. <laughs> you're like, going to volunteer. Don't worry, the temporal scanner is safe. <laughs> like, and they're like, well, how can we possibly... you know get the launcher to increase the loom size so then he reaches into timely's bag and says because timely has this prototype (laughs) and and he's going faster and then it it still doesn't work and so then this was like my favorite editing joke in like ever was he goes back and he asks ob ob how long would it take me to know everything you know about engineering and time, and he goes, I mean, decades, and then Timely says, centuries, and Loki just kind of looks at them for a beat, and we hard cut to centuries later on the screen,
1: it's giving like when the first uh, uh, the first Avengers movie when uh, Smolder's uh I forgot her character's name right now. She looks at Tony Stark and she's like, "When did you become a, like a, a yes. whatever it is?" And he's like, "Last night." Like last night, it, it feels like that because you know he just shows up and he's like, "I know everything about time itself." Like yeah, but it's only and five seconds later and... for everyone else. Yeah, I love yeah. when
0: he walks in, and I can't remember whether it was Casey. I think it was Casey. That Loki says something, and then Casey goes, "Loki, I'm not gonna question your surprisingly advanced engineering skills, but how do you know <laughs> this will work?" And he rattles off a whole bunch of weird, science-sounding nonsense <laughs> that he's apparently learned. And he clearly knows like all the passwords for the TVA now, because he's like very adeptly typing away something at the at the computer and figuring and Owen everything Wilson, out. And Wilson like
1: pulls him aside, and he's like. What are you doing? What
0: are you doing? what's going on? And we finally fix the loom, yay, it's gonna work and then it doesn't work because it's because an infinite it can't growth work. you can't mm-hmm. scale for infinite and
1: that as a math as a math person, that made me so happy yeah like, there's a concept <laughs> of and I'm going to get a little nerdy here. There's <laughs> a concept of a small infinite and a large infinite. Ooh, the best way fun. to explain it is if you take the numbers between 0 and 1 and you cut it into 10 times. You have 10 one-tenths, right? Mm-hmm. If you cut it if you keep cutting those tenths into another tenths, you keep getting, getting further and further mm-hmm. and further and further. There is a concept where it is, I'm sure I'm explaining it wrong. It's been four years since I've used my degree, but there's a concept of a smaller infinity and a larger infinity. If oh. you cut up all of the number all of the little spaces between zero and one, it's infinity, right? Yeah. You can go forever. Yeah, you that can infinity, you can get
0: infinitely small approaching zero.
1: It's smaller than if you did from zero to ten, or if you did from zero to a hundred, or if you did zero to a thousand, because mm-hmm. yes, there's infinity between zero and one but there's 10 times that infinity between 0 and 10. Mm. And so it makes sense of that concept, like, okay, we scaled for this infinity. But there's more infinity.
0: But there's an infinite infinity.
1: <laughs> so as a math person, that made me so happy. To that was really
0: cool. Infinity. That is, And cool. then when Loki returns to face He Who Remains, oh, and insane. he's just so smug about it, he's like, oh, you thought that this would fix the loom? Like, amateur you know like after loki is a failsafe. yeah after loki has literally spent centuries, centuries learning and mastering science and physics and engineering just i i loved that you know he who yeah. remains was almost like oh that's cute like <laughs> you thought you thought i haven't thought of this before like of course i have yeah i also really love that he Who Remains clearly anticipated the entirety of season two. Because he's yes. saying, he's saying, let me guess, you're having problems with the loom. And how is Victor timely? <laughs> he like makes fun of <laughs> his own variant, Stutter.
1: Dude, I so like when, at the end of season one, when He Who Remains just like dropped the pen and like freaked out because he's like, I don't know what's gonna happen from here now. hmm I think he knew what was gonna happen. He just didn't know if Loki had the determination to get there.
0: That's interesting. That's very interesting.
1: In the in the season one, you assume that he has no idea what's about to happen. Yeah, he seems to be playing playing that that up a little bit. Yeah, I think that he knew a possibility of what was gonna happen, which is Mm -hmm. what we experienced in season two. Mm -hmm. But he didn't know if Loki was selfless enough to get there.
0: Interesting, yeah. I really love that he's telling us that the, the loom is a fail safe. And he's like, yeah, if, the, if too many branches happen, the loom's just going to kill all of them except the sacred timeline. The TVA is going to get destroyed, but that's fine. It's been destroyed before. I can make another TVA. <laughs> and so he's like, they did really good at, okay. So Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania gets a lot of flack for making Kang feel not as threatening as he should be. It's fine, it's whatever it's however you want to look at the the movie. But regardless, this show like brings you back to, oh Kang is terrifying. It's like this dude knows everything. Yeah, like he is a conqueror. Yeah. and I absolutely although they do have Loki one up him and I absolutely love when he has where oh man, he who remains is saying, something about like i'm guessing this isn't the first time we've had this conversation and you know he says but you know what whenever you're ready to kill her because that's the only way to stop me from dying if you kill her time will be fine that's the only thing you can do about it so when you're ready to do that uh you come back here and you let me know and then he resumes time and lets sylvie come back into the room to kill him and then loki freezes time and and i like had to pause it and cheer when he said and what makes you think this is the first time we've had this conversation (laughs) i loved that loki's been at me so long that he's learned how to stop dying
1: and that just shows how long loki has been trying to save the tva which goes back to my theory about determination like Mm -hmm. He knows how to stop time. He has learned centuries of physics and time and engineering mm-hmm. and everything about the TVA. At this point, he probably knows more about the TVA than timely, He Who Remains and Ouroboros combined. Probably he knows everything. I also and that really like the liked first time it. he went up He Who Remains.
0: There's no indication that stopping time is a superpower that you need to be genetically like disposed to. It's something he's just figured out how to do, which implies that if anyone spent enough centuries figuring it out, anyone can stop time, which is just a funny little implication to me. It's also kind of a natural progression of his ability to control his time slipping. That's true. If you think about it, like, okay, if you can figure out and master the ability To travel to a certain point in time, Mm -hmm. really, how much of a stretch is it to believe that you'd be able to stop time there? Yeah, good point. It kind of, again,
1: it goes back into Endgame because we just watched Endgame with my family Mm -hmm. recently. It's like the, oh, you slipped time through Lang instead of slipping Lang through time. It's like that (laughs) distinction.
0: Yes. (laughs) That's one of my favorite scenes.
1: (laughs) But, no, it's that season finale. Oh, my God. After having that conversation with Kang, like, you really had no idea where those last 15 minutes were going to go. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on.
0: Um, someone pointed out, I did not notice this, but I saw a video that pointed it out, that when Loki is like, okay, I know what I have to do now. And he goes back to that moment where they were about to send Timely out to die. And he's decided he's going to go destroy the loom. Oh, I also really love backing up a little bit when he says, all right, well, I'll just destroy the loom. And Timely pauses and goes, not Timely, he who remains pauses and goes, but the loom prevents a multiversal war.
1: <laughs> he's
0: like, you can't do that. And he's like, well, I'm going to. Basically, Loki's like, I'm going to destroy it. We're going to see what happens. I think I Loki can stop the multiversal says
1: war. That. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and keep in mind, too, from he who remains perspective, you know, the multiversal war is only a bad thing because it threatens his power. Mm-hmm. He's not an altruist. He's not yeah, doing he it care. because he cares about those timelines and <laughs> the sanctity of the universe is on them. Very no, true. He, he only establishes the sacred timeline and prunes the other branches to keep his variants in check. To the point that they would threaten his power. So, yeah. Recognizing all of that, you're exactly right. Loki goes, okay, bet. Let's see what happens. We're going to find out. And then he goes out there. So Anyway, what I I was about to get to uh, before I distracted myself was that he's about to go out there and destroy the loom. And uh, Mobius and Sylvie are like, Loki, no. And he says, it's what I have to do for you, for all of us. And it's a direct parallel, which is this is the part that I didn't notice until I had it pointed out to me, a direct parallel to the lines when he's hanging off the Rainbow Bridge at the end of the first Thor movie. And Odin's like, Loki, no. And, and Loki says, I could have done it, Father, for you, for all of us. It's the same lines oh, right before oh, oh. he lets go and falls into eternal nothingness to eventually show back up in the Avengers. But it's really cool that they called back to that moment. That is cool. I did not notice that
1: because yeah. we have to remember this Loki isn't the same Loki that went through Dark World, that went through uh, Ragnarok, mm-hmm. that died. He didn't have in all Infinity that experience. War he's just the same guy who saw his opportunity and took the time stone or Mm -hmm. what's the tesseract like he's still the loki from avengers but he is a completely different loki than what we saw in infinity war and it took the entire first season and second season to come to those same realizations of being selfless thinking about others thinking about the greater good but not because it benefits just you
0: And I I really like that because, yeah, there's these two main Lokis that we know and love. The one from the Infinity War timeline and the one in the TV show. And you're exactly right. They both go through their own arcs of sacrifice and redemption, but in completely different ways. You know, the Infinity War timeline Loki, he's the one who experiences Dark World and Ragnarok and... Thanos and ultimately is killed trying to kill Thanos you know that yep. was his act of sacrifice there and then this Loki makes his own sacrifice in a way so I really liked that showing that you know no matter which Loki you're looking at they still kind of follow that same growth and progression yeah that's a very good point point. and I yeah I really love that the I, I like that the finale of season two feels a lot like I'm pretty sure there won't be a season three. I think that's a that's a yeah. series finale because they titled it the same as the series premiere. Glorious yes, purpose. Glorious purpose. Which and, and I'm like, yeah, he finally found his glorious purpose. Like, he was right. He this... was destined for a throne. He had his yeah. glorious purpose. It was always didn't... true. He just didn't quite understand the context or intention of what he was talking about, which I think is really cool. Uh, man. The the visuals of... I really love that they don't take... They don't make any effort to, like, explain what we're looking at when he's out there grabbing the presumably timelines and, like, infusing energy into them and, like, dragging them up to the throne and and weaving... What is essentially Yggdrasil, the 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 world's tree yeah. out of timelines.
1: Literally thinking that I'm like, oh my God, it's the tree of life. It's the tree of life. He is the tree of life. He is the tree of life. And and I'm aw- I'm
0: awestruck that they didn't try to explain it. There was no dialogue. There was no exposition. It was just like, here's some awesome visuals that are really impactful. And you'll get it. Like, you'll get you'll yeah, get what the, the point of this is. And the ultimate if you know, you know. Yeah.
1: Go, going back i think this kind of goes into the the whole theme of the show mm. the last episode is called glorious purpose mm-hmm. the first episode is called glorious purpose mm-hmm. it is a snake eating its own tail it is a <laughs> cycle of life death rebirth and time it is mm-hmm. an ouroboros
0: it is <laughs> i i've always i thought that was really cool i was like when they introduced ouroboros i was like what a cool thing to name a time thing character. And then they even like, mention later that the TVA handbook is like a snake eating its own tail, and Ouroboros is the one to say that line.
1: That was mm-hmm.
0: fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's very true. That is, that is ultimately the, the, the narrative structure of, of the show, and I think that's really, really cool. It's got... Oh, man. This is one of the coolest endings. I, it was so impactful. The music right at the end is insanely impactful with him just sitting there in his glorious purpose as the, the music. The music kind of blends the, what, has, what has historically been the He Who Remains light motif with the main Loki theme. This kind of both playing on top of each other while he's sitting there at the throne. That's really cool. I love when music does something that's like just a... When music plays a role in the narrative, I think that's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and it absolutely did here. It absolutely did. Um, we get the little sort of wrap-up oh. at the end of Mobius being like, I'm leaving. Right, I'm,
1: so I'm going to go... Something about that. Uh-huh. I It it took a while for me to find this, but yeah, we see mm-hmm. Mobius. He sees his, I think, his uh, Sacred Timeline character's name is Don, the one with the two kids with the jet skis. He and I think it's Sylvia looking at him Mm-hmm. And just like thinking like, oh, this is what life is like on the timeline. Like everything is good. And it's all because of Loki. Loki made this possible for us. What do we do now? And I think that's what you were trying to get at. Like when decides, oh, he's going to retire. He's going to, yeah. you know, live his life. But we don't know what exactly entails retirement.
0: That's true. We have no idea. Because like he can't go become part. Like he can't go live that life. Because presumably the branch timeline that he was originally taken from eons ago no longer exists. So it's like that version of him on the sacred timelines, he can't like replace that guy. That's a different him. So uh, yeah, I have no idea what he's going to do, but I really love his line of, I'm just going to stand here for a bit and let time pass because he has spent countless eons in a place where time does not pass. And I think that's really cool.
1: It's beautiful to be able to finally experience linear time. Because you could say time exists in the TVA, but it's not linear.
0: Also, I don't know if you all would have caught this since you had not yet watched Ant-Man 3, or if you then went back and thought about this more after watching Ant-Man 3. But I really love that the TVA is now apparently a Kang catching operation exclusively. (laughs) They're just like, we're only about catching Kang variants now.
1: I think, okay, so I saw this in the subreddit. Mm -hmm. They referenced Ant-Man.
0: They explicitly reference Ant-Man because because Mobius is saying, uh, I think uh, B-15 checks in with Mobius. She's like, is there, there any problems? Is there anything I need to know about? And he's like, yeah, there was a Kang variant causing trouble on a 616 adjacent realm, but they haven't figured it out. They, it looks like they solved it. And it's just like, okay, cool. Quantum realm, 616 adjacent to, to the main timeline. I'm like, cool. They referenced <laughs> that Ant-Man handled that Kang variant. Mm-hmm. And which also that... is good because a lot of people were like, that's the main Kang. And then this show is like, no, that was just another one of the. That's experience. just a Kang. That's yeah. just another one. It, worry it's about kind it. of like in season one when Casey has a drawer full of Infinity Stones, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, that are the ultimate source of power in a, in Loki's timeline, and yet here they're just paperweights. Yeah, it, it's kind me of me like so that. It's like you know, we think from our perspective, like that's the big bad Kang. And over there at the TVA, you know, that's just another day in the office. Yeah, it's like, yeah, another one showed up, but the, the people down there on 616 handled it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so <laughs> with
1: that, do you think this opens up a door for let's all be honest, we're expecting the multiverse war, we're expecting Kang the Conqueror yeah. to yep. have his dynasty. Yep. Do you think this opens up a door for Mobius, Sylvie, B-15, Casey, Ouroboros to come to Earth to help the Avengers, especially since ant is the only one that's faced Kang so far in yeah. the Earth timeline in 616? That opens the door for them to come back.
0: I absolutely think that some of these characters are going to play Coulson slash Nick Fury type roles in gathering everyone up for the next massive thing that the MCU does. Um, potentially from alternate timelines, which may or may not come up in Deadpool 3. That would be a cool place to do that it. That would be very interesting. <laughs> that would be a cool place to have like Mobius show up in Deadpool 3 and be like, hey, you can't die. Um, <laughs> we might need help. Mm -hmm. with something that's coming that'd be kind of cool
1: i love Um, how now we're getting everything kind of set up like spider-man no way home started this introduction to oh there are different timelines that exist loki season one confirmed that and made mm -hmm. it canon um dar doctor i was about to say doctor who doctor strange (laughs) and the multiverse of madness seeing all of these different timelines and different um universes yep loki season two ant-man like now the same thing with what picture. if what if yes yeah. now we're getting a clear picture of what's going to happen yeah, it's not and... clear but we have the puzzle pieces we just need to know how to put them together
0: how aware are you of set leaks from deadpool 3 because i don't want to spoil anything for you if you don't know i'm not aware but i also don't mind being spoiled yeah i'm, on okay, set I'm okay well i guess okay. this one this one isn't a leak they confirmed in like official marketing that Hugh Jackman will be returning one last time. Oh, yes, yes I yes. did um, see that. As Wolverine. The set leaks revealed he's gonna have his like classic comic book yellow and blue costume. Oh, nice. At Ooh. some point. And uh, I don't think that's a spoiler either, dear listener. Don't come at me because it's everywhere. <laughs> but <laughs> there are some things that, that <laughs> I would consider spoilers in the set leaks that I'm not gonna talk about here. But uh, the fact that we're seeing that. And that he's got that, that classic yellow and blue in his Deadpool and Hugh Jackman. I'm like, this is feeling like multiverse shenanigans and timeline shenanigans to me. So I am assuming that if it is set firmly in the MCU, which Kevin Feige claimed it would be, that the TVA may be involved at some point in this. And I think that I... would be really cool.
1: I would love to bring Venom back too. I know he belongs oh, to Sony right now, oh, but bring back I can't Venom. stop thinking about No Way Home. We see him; he's there. Yeah,
0: yeah. The symbiote is get there. the lawyers together and make it happen. Yeah, I was just I, I was just playing Spider Man Two, and I'm like, "Yep, Venom, please, Venom.
1: Speaking of lawyers. We haven't seen a lot oh. about Daredevil since No Way Home.
0: We haven't. Uh, I mean, he was in She Hulk, so that's the most recent time we saw
1: him. Oh, oh She Hulk. We haven't seen She Hulk either. Oh, uh, there you oh, go. Jeez.
0: Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're slipping. <laughs> Sh- shows up. Oh, She Hulk's so fun. Highly recommend She Hulk. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah. We haven't heard much from Daredevil. We've heard there's some behind the scenes stuff. This is where we're going to get into some real world discussions here. There's some behind the scenes stuff going around that, like, feige was unhappy with the first draft or whatever they had done so far of the new daredevil show that they announced and that they're like restarting basically for a 2025 release date which is so far away please give me more daredevil but if he wasn't
1: happy with it i trust his judgment
0: i super trust kevin feige everyone's gotten really down on kevin feige lately and it's kind of the i i think i say this a lot on this show but it always merits repeating I call it the 15-year phenomenon, which is Mm -hmm. anything with a fan base can only get as far as 15 years old without everyone just turning on it and there being, like, a bunch of people who still like it and, like, it's clearly still popular, but a whole bunch of people being like, this stuff's evil now and
1: Kevin Feige's terrible and stupid. He's lost his way
0: back in the day, (laughs) you know.
1: I want to offer my two cents on that. Okay. Like, when marvel first started coming out like the avengers movie was what everyone thought in 2012 the biggest thing was like oh my god it was the most impressive
0: thing ever made
1: like oh my god you're bringing
0: all these together
1: Yeah yeah, that's what started the MCU train. That's when everyone started. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna say I'm gonna part of that. Before the Avengers, I didn't care for any of those movies. I would watch them. I didn't care about the comic books. I cared about Spider-Man, but that was it. The (laughs) Avengers was what got me into it. What's funny is I'm
0: almost on that level, but I was like it was shortly before that because I like watched Iron Man. I watched Iron Man 2. I watched Thor. And then after I watched Thor. I saw something online about – because I, I like looking at the internet movie database to be like, what's coming up in the next couple of years? And I saw uh, mid-2012, The Avengers, Marvel. And I was like, what's The Avengers? I went and Googled, <laughs> what's The Avengers? And I was like, oh, it's a comic book from the 80s. Let's see, when is, was it? <laughs> and I like, got lost on Wikipedia for like six hours. And then I was like, this is my favorite thing now. it was a (laughs) phenomenon
1: it was a phenomenon that's what got everyone back into the comic books it was multi-generational yeah it was multinational like everyone could come and say we like these movies Mm -hmm. obviously they rode out that train all the way through infinity war because that was in itself a story of the comics and everyone was so focused on that one story of the comics now that infinity war is done now that Endgame is done that chapter closed everyone's all like nothing can be replicated but guess what there is bigger and much more intense stuff in the marvel comic books that we don't know yet we haven't really gone into that's what this next phase of marvel is about it's about the multiversal war it's about king all that kind of stuff and i think people are kind of dwindling downhill from that because we've talked about this before there are a lot of tv shows there are a oh, lot yeah. of movies there is so much to keep up with and we don't know what connects to what which is completely fine you don't have to see everything to like everything we haven't seen half of the tv shows but we're still <laughs> in this kind of yeah it's not super easy, easy the timeline.
0: yeah it's super easy to still hop in every now like i think the general audience is getting more scared than they need to be uh about this kind of thing because it's like yeah you can still hop in and have a good time marvel is still good at making things that are enjoyable whether you understand every single line referenced or not
1: but yeah i think everyone is kind of like like you said it was the 15 year hype everyone saw mm-hmm. until the end of Endgame, and they're all like okay that was great they can't do anything else again let's move on they have such high expectations but we're at the beginning of a new dynasty again oh, yeah. to be kind of ironic but we're <laughs> in the beginning of a new dynasty a new timeline it's going to take far much more effort to get to where we're going to be at the end of kang and the multiversal war than we did in endgame endgame was just a tiny story on mm-hmm. one timeline in one universe. Yeah,
0: and even that more. took 10 years to build up to. <laughs> like be mindful of that. Yeah, you know. I think that I think that I don't like the word superhero fatigue. I think it's a nonsense term. I don't think it's true. I don't think it'll ever be true because it's not like oh, and then suddenly everyone got tired of the concept of superheroes. Superheroes have been around for as long as they have because they are just, for the kinds of people who like them, inherently fascinating. And they're never going to stop being that. People might get a little bit over-flooded and oversaturated with the storytelling of it and take little breaks now and then, which we're starting to see in box office returns and viewership for Marvel's properties. But I think it's disingenuous to call it uh, just people just don't like superheroes anymore. It's like, no, I think they've gotten... It's yeah. you know they had a little too much ice cream they're not going to have ice cream tomorrow <laughs> that's how that's how i react when i have too much ice cream and that's how it feels that's and,
1: why we took so long to see ant-man not because yeah. we were like oh we have no interest in watching it it's just kind of like eh. there wasn't as we're much kind urgency of overloaded. there's yeah. a lot we're out, out there, there and you're
0: busy yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean and, look at look at how many james bond movies have come <laughs> out over the decades yeah and People don't get tired of them. Yeah, a bunch of people are going to watch the next one whenever that happens. Yeah. But so, what I was getting at there is that I think that ironically, the actors and writers' strike are going to turn out to be pretty good for Marvel because it's limited what they can do for the next year. Because next year, as far as we know so far, they've moved a whole bunch of stuff around. Next year, Marvel Studios is putting out one movie and two Disney Plus shows, which, when you compare, That for the last three years straight, they've put out at least four movies and at least three Disney Plus shows. It's a huge leap down in output. And I think it'll be good for them. I think it'll give people a little bit of space and let these things start to feel more like big pop culture events again. That's like everyone's gonna go see it because it's the new thing. Because it's the thing. Yeah.
1: And I hope Marvel also understands that they don't need to burn themselves out. They yeah. like, like you said, every year it feels like there's no big movies because every movie becomes a big movie and it mm-hmm. just overplays the hype of everything. Mm-hmm. So they're putting out more content than people can consume. And I think that's hurting them as well yeah. because now people aren't interested in consuming, like you said, four movies and three TV shows every single year. Mm-hmm. So I think they need a break as well to let their audience recoup and to let them recoup. They are burning themselves out trying to meet a lot of our demands. But that the demands that the, they're yelling is just from a small minority of people who can't get enough. The yeah. rest of people like us we're okay with them only putting one or two movies out a year. I remember a time when it would be one Marvel movie a year. We had to wait... A, so we had Infinity War, the and then we had Captain Marvel and Endgame. Those were back to back to back, and that I think stressed everyone out because those <laughs> yeah. were three movies in twelve and there was months. and
0: uh, Ant Man and the Wasp was in between those. Ant Man and, three and as the Wasp well. was in
1: between too. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. And now everyone's so desensitized that that's what's expected. But I think yeah. And now you get like,
0: like now you get like a Marvel movie for like. i think this year we had february may like august and november or something and it's like that's too much i think you're doing a little bit too much and i get it there are so many different stories four is too much yeah there's a lot that you want to do and i feel like they've kind of opened up so many threads that they now need to follow up on that they're going to wind up dropping a few of them, which is... Yeah, there's like, a, a lot of threads out there. It's a little bit sad because for so many years, we all had this perfect reliability of if Marvel puts something in a post credit scene, that will it's happen. It's going to come up. And now I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff where I'm like, I don't know. Am I gonna see Harry Styles
1: again? I, <laughs> I was just, just gonna say, like, remember
0: when that. Harry Styles was in a post-credit like, scene? Up
1: as the brother of Thanos. Like, are we ever gonna see that again? I don't know. <laughs> and I, I think a part of that goes back to when these movies were releasing in the 2010s. Like, okay i'm gonna do this very specific example Mm -hmm. dr strange to thor ragnarok when we saw dr strange at the end we saw thor and he's all like oh i like i don't drink tea and then you get Mm -hmm. the beer we didn't see thor ragnarok for four more movies but it was very clear that everything was leading up to that because we didn't yeah and it was only one year later yeah and it was one year later like I think Marvel needs to scale back a little bit and, like you said, follow up on these loose ends.
0: It's been over two years since Harry Styles showed up in that post Yeah, like, we, we have the Eternals hanging out there. We have Shang-Chi hanging Shang-Chi. out there. We've got, like, a, a kind of revamped Guardians group yeah. that's out there. Like, there's a lot that I... I'm not going to say I don't have faith, but that (laughs) i'm really it's getting a little dubious (laughs) i'm really unsure when or if we're gonna see these people again and i'd love to be proven wrong because i think especially with the concept of a multiversal war there is so much opportunity to incorporate those characters i just hope we see it yeah for sure um how how up to date are y'all on the Jonathan Major stuff? And if you aren't, I'm really sorry that I'm about to ruin his performance yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We heard about I've, that
1: immediately. When it last I heard,
0: it's it's still working through the courts. I, I don't know. Yeah. if charges were dropped or he's convicted. yet to be. He's currently on trial. Yet to be found guilty of anything. That's where okay. we are at this at the time of this recording. Um. And I'm not gonna assume innocence or guilt here. I'm just gonna yeah, say that's, that that's up to the court. Marvel is in a position where it's feeling like they're probably gonna need to recast because at some point, like you don't know how long this is gonna draw out, Marvel, and you can't risk having him turn <laughs> out guilty after you filmed something mm-hmm. new with him. So. Uh, it's starting to look like they're going to wind up having to recast Kang, which is fine. They've recast people before. I don't know why Marvel and everyone else is so scared of the concept of recasting. This used to be pretty common. They recast
1: Rhodey and it was complete. It was actually for the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really, I prefer. It's uh, me. I'm here. Deal with it. That was such a good line. I love that. That's 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 how how they they addressed it. (laughs) yeah
1: <laughs> And with the whole idea of a multiverse, a recast will not be the end of the world. You can yeah. no make it's the exist. most logical. Thing. Exist. You okay. can make someone very much look like another character without it being the same person. Yeah. Let's I mean, take Loki, for example, at the mm-hmm. end of season one, when we saw There's all of those so Loki, Loki variants, yeah. some of them actually looked like Tom hiddleston
0: Yeah. And And Peter Parker looks different on the two other Earths we've seen a Peter Parker on. Yes, exactly. And even Timely, he like with the makeup and the wig and the prosthetics and everything they did for Timely, it almost didn't look like Jonathan Majors. Yeah, yeah, you 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 couldn't do anything. Yeah.
1: I'm very glad as someone with a stutter that they had someone very smart, very up there with a stutter and had that kind of representation. Yeah, and the only person that made fun of it was himself.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I was a little bit worried about it because when he first shows up, it was like, oh, he's a con man. But then it becomes more and more clear. That's like, no, he's a super genius. It's like he also calms some people, but he is a super genius. But he is a genius. Yes, <laughs> and so I thought that was pretty fun. I also really liked that they had, they had Timely take offense because he didn't understand how computers work or how AIs work. But when, um, when they reboot the TVA or whatever to shut down Miss Minutes, Miss Minutes, uh, like stutters basically while getting shut off. Um, and he's like, you
1: didn't have to, like, make like, he, fun of me. He's like,
0: mocking is really too far. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was really funny. It, it took me my second watch to realize what the joke was there.
1: <laughs> but with that, I'm really glad that it no one made fun of him for that. Yeah. Because when we talk about disabilities like that in these kinds of shows, they're often overlooked. And mm. it was well done without being obnoxious or um, tone deaf.
0: Yeah, or that's patronizing. A really good point.
1: Yes, because
0: there's always, especially in stuff from before the current era, there's always a, an impulse, a temptation to make a joke out of anything, and yeah. and it's like I think if this was made, if this was made in two thousand eight, they might have made fun of the stutter. Someone would have cracked a joke about the stutter. Someone that you're supposed to like would have cracked a joke about the stutter, and. Um, and I'm glad they didn't. That's really cool. Yeah, that absolutely would have been an opportunity for like a classic, you know, Tony Stark-esque quip. But yeah. you're right. They, they didn't.
1: Which means they're learning. They're learning their audience. <laughs> yes. They know that they can't make a joke about everything, especially something as, I don't want to say serious, but something like that in a more serious tone.
0: Yeah.
1: But it, that was, yeah, that was done
0: really that. well. But yeah, with... um with Jonathan Majors and everything. It's it's also we were talking about this earlier that they confirmed that the Kang from Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania isn't even like the significant main one that we're going to be dealing with or anything. So it's like, yeah, you've you've confirmed that none of the Kangs we saw so far are the like the one that you'll want to be fighting during Kang Dynasty. You can bring in a new one that looks different. It's fine. No one needs to worry about it. It's about the character, not the actor. As long as you find an actor who can play yeah. can play that, which, you know, they have no shortage of resources to scout and evaluate talent. I mean, yeah. who cares? Who cares if it's not Jonathan Majors? I mean, I think he's <laughs> done a, a really good job in the role so far, but you're right. With, with that trial pending, they can't risk the possibility of a guilty verdict yeah it it would be so damaging to to marvel because they've managed to avoid any kind of major controversy like this up till now i think
1: and i think the three of us can agree that it might be unfortunate but if we have to replace jonathan majors we are okay with that we yeah i mean it's about (laughs) the reputation we care about marvel not hiring someone that Is found guilty of something as serious as he's charged at.
0: Yeah, because I've seen people who are like, ah, who cares? He's a great actor. He's a good king. It's like, no, you're missing the point. Okay, (laughs) also, it's. We we gotta be serious about this. It's not like we're talking about a Chris Evans or a Robert Downey Jr. Like, (laughs) with full respect to Majors' acting ability, like, he's not that big of a name. We don't have that history with him in the MCU just yet. Like, it's still early enough to where, if you need to, you can move on from him without yeah. major consequence.
1: Yeah, it's but similarly, I would hope that they change. would
0: recast Downey. It's if if like, like, if we were in 2018, <laughs> not in 2018, because they'd already filmed Endgame by then, but like, if you were in a situation where they're about to film the final thing, and like, Downey was put on trial and found guilty for this level of thing, I'd be like, yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn 't keep paying that dude <laughs> and and so yeah, I, I think that they should not they shouldn 't risk it. They should go ahead and swap in someone for Kang i don 't like, think they should get rid of Kang because oh, there's no. been a Absolutely lot of talk not. there's been a lot of talk about moving away from the Kang storyline and maybe retitling that Avengers movie I was like well, i don 't think you should do that I thought would be set up mistake. I think you've set up Kang to be pretty interesting. Uh, I think you 've got to do Kang just do it with someone this else This is
1: a perfect example of separating the actor from the character yeah we are able to separate the two of them we can view Kang as someone yes we've seen him before we've seen what he's done we've have an idea of who he is in our minds but again especially given the topic that it's a multiversal war we can find another actor but the character will still be there
0: yeah the whatever happens to the actor doesn't need to color the the character it doesn't need to be like oh man king the domestic abuser it's like well no Kang. well i mean kang might be kang's evil but but, i mean it's like but you don't need to be like well therefore kang is a bad concept it's like no, that guy's bad yeah like why why is this a difficult concept for anybody to grasp i mean think of how many actors we've seen play batman over the years yeah like or any popular character
1: yeah just bring someone else in yeah, don't pull a DC. I just hope Marvel doesn't
0: <laughs> yes. pull a DC. <laughs> so, for what's coming up next for Marvel Studios, the next thing to happen is What If season two. Uh yes. oh Crap, I in, forgot that
1: still existed. In just a <laughs> couple I'm weeks. I'm so excited
0: here, for that. Yeah, just a couple of weeks it premieres, and it's going to premiere. I'm so happy about their release date because their release dates because it's not going to premiere weekly for like nine weeks like season one did. It's going to premiere daily for nine days. And I'm super excited about that. That is insane.
1: That'll be fun.
0: I'm so happy. Um, So the next thing that happens after that, I'm just like, I like keeping track of what's coming up next. So then we do Echo in January. Have you all seen a trailer for that? Because it looks awesome.
1: Not yet.
0: It looks, oh, you haven't finished Hawkeye either. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) We're we're behind.
1: We've got a backlog. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Echo, I'm pretty excited for, especially based on the trailer. Um. The uh. Okay. Yeah. The one movie they're putting out next year is Deadpool three, which may or may not pick up some TVA time uh, uh, plot lines. Who knows? And that would be pretty cool if it did. I hope they do. I think that like because I'd love That'd the TVA awesome. as a concept now. And if any of the characters in the TVA show up in that movie, I'll be ecstatic. Especially if it's Obi. And then I think they're doing. I think the Agatha Harkness yeah so next year what what are they calling it now? I know they've had like they've three different working it. titles. I don't, I don't mean, know which I don't even know which one they're on now cuz it was Agatha House of Harkness, then it was Agatha Coven of Chaos. Yeah. I I think they're currently on Darkhold Diaries, but I'm not Sure. Just run through all the alliteration you can. Yeah, they're gonna figure out one of them. That's for sure. But I think that's next year. And wow, that is a small slate for 2024. Because they'd originally said. I'm actually looking
1: forward to that.
0: Yeah, I'm really pleasantly surprised by this. I'm like, oh, that'll be kind of refreshing, as much as that'll be Marvel, you know, really manageable. Yeah. As much as I love Marvel and as much as I love talking about Marvel and having Marvel things to talk about and to watch and to rewatch, I'm like, yeah, that'll be kind of refreshing. Like, let's be real. We're fans of other franchises, too. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you like a traitor to Marvel or disloyal to Marvel. Yeah. But, that's always you know, a really funny thing I see on the internet where it's like, no, oh, you can only like one. You can only like one thing. Yeah. Like, says who? Why? Yeah. Why can't I, why I like really multiple funny. things? Huh. Oh, we should do our little, uh, our little mail section here because we've got some mail from Ooh. the previous two episodes because I was recording things out of order for a while and did not have uh, the, the bandwidth to like go re-record a mail section to put something in. So, Scotty Cameron writes in for the Barbie episode. Uh, great episode. Glad Jordan and Chris enjoyed Barbie. I don't have plans to see it currently, but listening to Jordan and Chris discuss has made me open to it. I also loved the chaos that Chris brought along. So do I, Scotty. I love the chaos <laughs> that Chris brings to this podcast whenever she shows up. Um, yeah, you should check. Scotty, check out Barbie. It's you so should. Fun. Barbie. It's a really phenomenal. fun movie. <laughs> um. Oh man, I remember that on a previous episode, I asked Scotty to send me instructions on how he sends me these, these messages. And I forgot to, it's like hard for me to access while I'm recording. So I forgot to screenshot it so I can read it. But next week I'll read it so that I can tell you, dear listener, how to send these messages through Spotify for podcasters, if you want to, uh, I guess I should finish the mail before I (laughs) say that next. (laughs) Um, Scotty Cameron also sent in for the Prometheus episode. Great episode. You can add me to the Prometheus stands list. I will note that WatchMojo had Prometheus on their top 10 prequels list with films like Red Dragon and X-Men First Class. I'm happy to hear that because I think Prometheus is criminally underrated. I had a great time with Prometheus. Have you guys seen Prometheus?
1: unfortunately
0: no i Damn. have not it's it's so fun like i i had a i had a good time with prometheus as a as a as an alien prequel i think it's pretty interesting
1: i think that's and, because i'm not into alien that's why okay
0: yeah watched it. that that's a good reason not to i think <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't that's watched fair. it until i've just i've recently been re- been not re-watching watching for the first time the entire Alien and Predator franchises so that I can talk about them with Cooey uh, on uh, running series on this podcast. So that's where the Prometheus episode came in. For future mail, uh, next week I'll tell you how to do it for Spotify for Podcasters. But for now, if you send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter, we'll read that on the show. And that's currently... I think the only way that I can tell you how to access us. Um, yeah, let's see. What, who else was I? There were other things that I usually do, but I've now taken a week off and I always forget how to end this podcast. Oh, Could you, you all have any what
1: we're doing now. Like what other things we have yes.
0: going on. What else have we got going on?
1: I'm excited for Percy
0: Jackson. Oh my God, I forgot that Percy Jackson <laughs> is coming out. That's definitely going to get a Fandom Optimist episode. For sure. I oh my am gosh. signing
1: up to be one of the uh, oh, yeah. members on that podcast sure. because, oh my god, I've been rereading the series. I rewatched the old movies. I will stand that they were good movies. They were just bad adaptations. I was mm-hmm. re-watching those. And it's coming out the day before our first year anniversary. And so oh, I'm that's like, what we're doing on our anniversary? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's really fun. Um, Zach, you got anything... Elstad or just percy jackson as well oh i mean absolutely percy jackson of course but for me the big thing and i guess we don't know if this is coming next year or possibly even in 2025 but season two of andor oh yes yes andor yes oh, i'm so excited for that to come back eventually absolute top tier some of my favorite star Wars content that has ever been created. Mm -hmm. And I can never get enough of that. So as for the fandom optimists, I don't currently know what the next episode will be. Maybe I'll put up a poll. I don't know, but here are some possibilities because I currently have a backlog of topics ever since the actor strike ended. (laughs) So we'll be talking about Ahsoka. We'll be talking about the Marvels. We're talking about secret invasion. Um, we're going to get around to Justice League War World at some point, an animated movie. And we will definitely be hitting up Alien Covenant as soon as I can get around to re-watching that one. So that's definitely not going to be next week. Um, Batman the Doom That Came to Gotham is another animated movie that we'll be covering. And at some point soon, we're doing a Star Wars prequels episode. Oh, hey. yeah. I don't yet know <laughs> when, but it'll be coming soon. Oh, also the uh Doctor Who's back. I'm probably gonna talk about Doctor Who at some point. So that's exciting. <laughs> all right. Did you all have any uh closing thoughts on on Loki and whatnot?
1: Yeah. 10 and then uh, would watch again.
0: No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I know, Sim, I know you have always been the Loki stan from day one. So Forever I'm really happy.
1: And ever.
0: I'm so happy that you got this <laughs> moment. I will say, as someone who always liked Loki's character, but never really obsessed over him to that point, I'm I'm happy to say that season two especially of Loki, and really the entire body of work as mm. a whole, has easily solidified it as... Probably some of the best Marvel content that I've ever seen. Definitely top 10. Oh, yeah. I could maybe even make a case for top five. Um, I absolutely loved it. I think the finale was one of the best things that they've ever produced. (laughs) I think that the character arc and progression and redemption for Loki is easily the best character progression and growth that they've written and i cannot say enough fantastic things about loki awesome
1: yeah only the like, highest of praise <laughs> like, like zaka said and you've known me jordan for a very long time mm-hmm. Loki has always been my favorite marvel <laughs> character yep that's just who I am. I love morally gray men in mm. fiction. In fiction, <laughs> Zach, in fiction. In fiction. <laughs> <laughs> but Loki has always been one of my favorite characters, not just because of the whole like brooding, mysterious, attractive, like guy kind of way, but because his character is so complex. I have a soft spot for complex characters. And we talked about this before. We saw a redemption arc that we saw in the sacred timeline, but now we get in this new timeline and I loved seeing that over again.
0: Yeah. It's um it's really something. I just I love this. Um okay so that will do it for us this week. And oh there was something that I'm missing. Ah, we are a member of the Hall of Pods podcast network. There is a link tree in the description of this episode that will take you to all of my amazing podcasting friends. That includes uh, Cape Corner with Beyond Blue, the Replica program, also with Beyond Blue, uh, the True Believers, a comic book podcast, the SJW Comic Book Club, and Movies to Watch Before You Die, the newest addition to our little family here. So uh, go check them out. They're all great. And... You can find us at Fandom Optimists on Twitter and Instagram. I have to remember to post on Instagram. I know that I forgot last week, so there's going to be two posts very close together. And until next time, never apologize for loving your fandom and try to stay optimistic. I will talk to you next week.